to the interlude with Drew. What's up, everybody? This is Andrew McCain. This is another episode of the interlude with Drew. I have a very special guest today, one of my, my, my brothers. I look at this, I look up to this dude, even though I'm older than him by a few years. But this guy is an amazing singer, amazing producer, amazing uh, musician, like incredible musician. He plays multiple instruments. And like the way I look at, at, at this guy is like if a musical genius was a person, it'll be my man right here, V Keys, Vaughn Henry, my, my brother. Man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for what being willing to do this interview, man. It means a whole lot. How's everything going with you, man? My bro, first off, thank you for having me. It's an honor, honor to be here, man. Uh, man, everything is going great, man. Uh, life is good. God is good. You know, there's not That's much it. more to say than that. Absolutely, man. That, that's that's a testimony for real. Um, I know, I know, you know, personally that you went through a lot in 2020, but um, can you mm -hmm. give a brief synopsis of how 2020 was for you? Because most of what happened, I believe, was before the pandemic. So, absolutely. Well, uh, man, before the pandemic even hit, um, I got married in November of 2019. And uh, basically at the top of 2020, I was on tour and I got really, really, really sick. For about two months, I was really, really going through a lot of health challenges. And, um, you know, that time for me prepared me for this whole virus thing because I was quarantined. I was at such a bad point in my health that I was quarantined before the whole order was put into place. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to be at home. Um and that gave me a lot of time to seek the Lord and for him to give me a new direction. And um I stand here before you today healed and moving on it's God, man i'm so i'm so thankful because uh, i think i remember like you mentioning it at the beginning um that that you know you were going through some health struggles and i believe that at one point you you mentioned that your wife was as well and that that can Absolutely. be so so trying as a newlywed couple because you know i'm i'm married as well so i know how this started right. we're trying to get to know each other but to go through a health struggle at the same time that early is a real test. But I'm so thankful it's that a God real test. healed yeah. you guys and brought you through it. Yes, he brought us through it. And uh, I mean, I mean, physically, I'm so glad that he brought us through it. But even emotionally, you know, he brought us through it because there were a lot of emotions, a range of emotions like, God, we are, we're newlyweds, you know, we're mm -hmm. thinking, you know, Oh, we about to be, everything's about to be amazing, you know, and then life for real hits you, you know. Right, right. Um, but if it wasn't for the help of the Lord, I don't know how we would have made it. But we definitely, like I said, emotionally, he's made us so much stronger. It's made us better people. And uh, I'm just, I'm grateful for what I went through because of what it produced, you know, that's much better than uh, not having gone through it, you know. Absolutely. So you mentioned it here and you mentioned it elsewhere uh, that that struggle brought you closer to God. Can you uh, briefly talk about how that like strengthened your relationship with God? Because a lot of times, to be honest, people give up on God when they go through something like that. But this, like, I believe helped you to see God in a whole new way. Yeah, well, I had to look at it like this because, uh, of course, you know, um, I was raised in the church, you know, it's and it's one thing to have that relationship with the Lord, you know, because your parents instill something in you or because, you know, that's the environment that you're in. Right. You know, it's one thing to have that, but it's another thing to have uh, an experience with God yep. to see him pull you out of something that no one else could have pulled you out of. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's different. Um, man, just 
just going going through that and having to be at a place where you realize that there's nothing that you can do to fix it. I went to about 10 or 12 doctors, you know, trying to figure <laughs> out what was wrong with me, yeah. uh, you know, and none of them helped at all. They actually made it worse. Some of them said that some of my health struggles were it was in my head or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so you, yeah. you, you, you get to, you know, you're going to all these people who you're thinking is going to save save your life basically and you know they're all telling you the same thing they couldn't figure it out and i'm like well if if god is my problem then only god is my solution you know if god has allowed this to happen to me for a reason then i'm better off in his will trying to figure out what to do than to be out of his will and in the same situation you know you know so for for me for me uh being in his will just became clear and it 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 wasn't based off of the relationship uh in christ that i had when you know it was being taught to me or right instilled in me now it's from a place of no i know god is real I know, I know what he did for me. Mm -hmm. And now I also have more of an understanding because now that I can hear his voice more clear because I had to spend time with him. I had to spend time with God because I had nothing else, you know? Right, right, right. Um, And so dealing, dealing, having to deal with God on a daily basis, like as somebody you're really in a relationship with and really in communication with, it will it will change you spiritually you know what i'm saying and it, it will it will strengthen you and so that's that's just having to spend that time with god being at the lowest point that i could be at you know right, newly right. married and known as what people know as v keys but there's vaughn is in there like dying you know mm-hmm. physically physically yeah. you know dying um and i had to just take a time out to not be v keys for a while i'm just now married and i have to just be vaughn and vulnerable you know at that time you know having to never having dealt with any uh health crisis before this you know right and so i was just basically brought to my knees and i believe that god did that to draw me closer to him because he has a bigger purpose for me not to just do music but to really use my platform to to reach out to other musicians because i feel like musicians sometimes we can be starved as in the things of god we get starved spiritually very easily because we're always pouring out pouring out Mm -hmm. pouring out but we get starved too you know what i'm saying and and i feel i feel like god is putting me in a place and using whatever platform that it is that he gives me to draw in musicians and unite them and also spread to them like the love of god the true love of god not the one that they hear about on sundays growing up or just playing at church for a check but the one that they experience the God that they can experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, 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 just from the outside looking in, it just seems like you're in a totally different and I would say better space with your, you know, your relationship with God, your understanding of God and your walk with God. So I, you know, I, I, at the time, you know, I was, I was, I was praying for you, feeling for you. No, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew it must be tough just based on the updates that you gave, but you know, like, you know, David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might right. find your statue. So I feel like you you have yeah. that same type of testimony. Where exactly. You know, exactly. It, it hurt while I was going through it, but I'm so thankful yeah. that I know you better. It was now. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. So how did you get started in music? I know I've, I've heard you talk about starting as a young 
uh, child. What what age were you when you first got into music? I first started playing music at the age of two. I was oh, two years wow. old when I started. Okay. okay. Yeah. And and was that on uh, the piano? Yeah, that was on the piano. I actually started on a a little like Walgreens keyboard oh, yeah. <laughs> type of vibe. Yeah, that's a little Casio with the batteries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I started started with that uh one christmas my mom bought me a bunch of toys when i was two and she bought me a few musical toys and then she bought like some other regular toys for a boy and she said she returned all like the cars the trucks and all that stuff because i didn't play with them i didn't use them i only touched the musical stuff so yeah that's kind of a reflection of who i am now like i I've never owned a a video game system. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like I've never yeah. really. I've always just been drawn to music, and uh, okay, I see now why the Lord has made it that way. But like, it's it's just been who I am. Like, I'm just yeah. I do like even if when I did have a TV in my room, I don't even have a TV in my room anymore. When I did have a TV in my room, I would put on tv but not watch it i'm doing music (laughs) you know so yeah it's just kind of how it's always been since i was a kid i don't know anything else (laughs) so it was definitely meant to be for you from like from birth oh yeah that was god i had nothing to do with it (laughs) absolutely so so you know i i kind of i talk a lot about the the eight hour day practice guy so you were definitely one of those right ah yes i was (laughs) (laughs) that boy did it pay off so, oh, bro, um, thank you. so did did anybody else in your uh, family play music? Yeah, only my father. Uh, oh, okay, okay. One uncle by marriage, he plays and sings, but only only my dad. He's uh, plays bass and sings. Okay, so let's say let's say around like ten, you know, preteen to early teen years. Like, what what was your practice routine like around that time? If you can remember. Hmm. Were you like transcribing? You said around just uh, like 10. Seven? No, I didn't know what transcribe. So <laughs> my <laughs> journey is so weird. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who do know me can probably hear the different eras of my playing and my playing all at one time. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because it's weird. I didn't study like people know me now for being able to play you know jazz and church and do all of these things at once but i didn't start playing any jazz or anything or i didn't go to school until i was uh turning 20 i believe yeah okay so like about a year after high school okay then i finally went to uh you know study because i wanted to be better but yeah. all my life, I've just been, I mean, I'm Jamaican. You already know yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Jamaican. And I come from an island Jamaican church, but I'm American, you know. Right, right. So I get a mix of both of those cultures. So when I was younger, I was more so like whatever I could hear and try to mimic and play, that was my practice. Okay. Know? Okay. That's that's just what it was. Yeah. I would do things like when I was a kid, I know a lot of people have seen this commission tribute, but I did one I was doing commission tributes when I was like Yeah. 8 9 10 oh, on wow. these yeah. little yeah. Yamaha YPGs that you could record on like mm-hmm. I was doing stuff like that, you know. Okay. That's what my I I was actually and I didn't even realize it, but even at that young age I was practicing production you know in a sense you know just making tracks of stuff that i i just liked and wanted to do because i was a child and i had all the time in the world to do whatever i wanted to do right right, and i was literally literally doing stuff like that uh that's what most of my practice time consisted of okay okay so you mentioned the commission tribute which like you said everybody's seen that by now yeah, to for the listeners out there, I, I'm going to do a humble brag real quick. I got to hear it like a long time before, <laughs> you <laughs> long did. time before it hit the net. You so did, I, you know, bro. Just throwing that out there, I was <laughs> I was blown away because, um, for me, I was a little late on commission. I 
I don't know. Well, my parents, they, they, they're not musicians or anything. So it's funny. A lot of the stuff that we listen to as a family is because I discovered it. So I didn't really <laughs> just like I, my first time hearing commission, I bought a gospel greats album and the song, um, um, please you more was on there. I was like, I was already a Fred Hammond fan, but I was like, yo, Fred is singing with these other dudes. Who, who what is this? And then, um, I remember after like a few years after that, I bought the commission reunion album and oh, i was yeah. officially a fan after that it was a wrap mm. but how talk about how they influenced you starting out like just how creative they were and different they were man they they were so pivotal in their time um they they brought a sound to gospel that everybody couldn't even really actually understand right, right right and people like they they loved it but they really didn't know like these guys were not just influencing gospel right, right. they influenced like if you ask boys to men who their number one influence is mm-hmm. they're gonna say commission with right. undoubtedly like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like they had that kind of impact doing gospel music exactly you know what I'm saying? That's huge. And even though they they should have, you know, if you got people like Boys to Men saying that they listen to Commission, it's it's pretty safe to say that the talent level of Commission was far surpassed a Boys to Men oh, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And they did not get to me what i felt like they deserve you know what i'm saying and and even in this like i could still see they influenced me so much because i could just see god in them like god allowed it to be that they were they influenced people like boys to men you know what i'm saying and they may not have gotten all the praise and accolades that they deserve because Mm -hmm. they're the influence but it always has to be said that these dudes influenced us you know what i'm saying and when they have to say that i'm like god gave them a sound like that literally god gave them a sound to where they are chasing that sound that they can't achieve because the anointing is definitely the difference (laughs) in that too you know what i'm saying like they're chasing that sound you know and they weren't able to achieve it but they can recognize like this is where it comes from yeah like these guys so if they have that type of impact, bro, like they're they're just they're known but still unsung heroes, especially yep. at the 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 mark from 1984 to 1994. Basically, every year that Fred Hammond was in it, every single album they did was perfect. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, every album perfect. That's yeah. weird, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? That like happen. that doesn't, that doesn't happen. happen. Like yeah. you know, uh, anointed, bro. Yeah, anointed. Literally. Yeah, uh-huh. I was hearing recently that even Brian McKnight, um, he gave tickets to um Mitch Mitchell Jones to come to a concert back in the day, and then he oh, yeah. come up and sing "Tis So Sweet" to him. He's like, "There's no Brian McKnight without Mitchell Jones." Like that's my number one influence, <laughs> mission in general. So. They, wow, they, and that makes so much sense. It does. It really <laughs> does. When I heard it, I was like, oh, wow, okay. But, I, I mean, Mitchell, when he was doing that, he was just being himself. Literally, he yep. was just raw like that from yeah. back then, you know yep. what I'm saying? I mean, even now, I, I went to their reunion show in 2019, like November. Oh, yeah. He he's exactly crazier now. Yeah. Well, he sounds crazy. the same, and, and he's even crazier now because now he done, like, been like, Okay, I see what you young folks is doing. I could do that too. Right, and right, does right, it. <laughs> right, right. With still doing himself, so that's what I'm like. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. They're like it's different. They're like, you know? yeah. But so okay, so you said that prior to going Absolutely. to jazz school, you were pretty much learning on your own, and you know, just just doing what you can, mm-hmm. um, learning by ear for the most part. So I'm, I I can only imagine going to jazz school where there are a lot of things that like your teachers and stuff had to correct as far as like fingerings and just the way how you apply things, was it a learning curve or did it just kind of flow? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had to totally reset. 
and I, I had to th- rethink the whole way that I played music, which wow. was so hard, you know, yeah, it was so imagine. hard because I had been comfortable doing what I was doing. I mean, I could play and I had been playing for so long that it felt like I was like, okay, I'm going to have to redo everything to, to learn how to play properly right uh as far as as far as you know like you said like fingering and things like that i'm like i want to be able because there was always more in my head that i could get out that i mm-hmm. that i couldn't get out oh, okay. i couldn't figure oh, out how to get it out but i knew the sound right and what right. school did for me was allowed me to get control music was already in me mm-hmm. but so what school did was get the physical compart the physical part in control yeah like total control you know so getting that together uh allowed me to play whatever it was that i heard in my head yeah. um but it was definitely like that's when the 8 hours a day actually started like i wasn't okay. doing that when i was okay. a Okay. When I was a kid, not eight hours. Yeah, not eight. Okay. I wasn't that disciplined, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. probably would run but, out of stuff to practice back then too. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know what to do, but I took on playing jazz and classical at the same time. Oh wow! Uh, in school, yeah. so I studied those. Being fresh and new to both, I wow. I couldn't read music when I went and when I got to college. Uh, I didn't know anything really, you know. Uh, I had to spend p- time practicing reading. Then I had to spend time practicing, you know, my scales from scratch really, really, really slow because I had been playing them wrong all these years. Yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, wow. So, so it was a total reset. But since I did it, like since I made the the decision to do it, I haven't had to reset again. Oh, so okay. <laughs> that's, okay. Good. that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I switch I- genres, I don't have to reset reset yeah because a lot of people do yeah 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 it's crazy because you know I've, I've heard it said um from some people that you know you can only really truly master one genre of music as far as playing but for you i i, I don't remember if i remembered you saying classical but i know you got gospel for sure you you pretty mm-hmm. much mastered you you've mastered jazz and then i know you know how to do reggae as well Absolutely. And then, now, and then and then classicals there there goes four right there so that's <laughs> yeah that's incredible man like to be able to do all of that without having to like you know readjust your mindset that's that that's you know one of a kind because not I, I can't think of anybody else that could do four and it's probably more right like more than just four right because uh, i'm sure you could you play some pop gigs and stuff like that as oh well. yeah i've and definitely R&B. played played that you know played that stuff um i pray, played some brazilian music play with some brazilian artists uh played a lot of african music too um i played a lot of a lot of stuff now that i think about it probably more than i could think about uh but um you know i i see it all as music and god has given me the ability to see it that way because he's the creator he's the author of music and he allowed me to he's you know giving me the ability to be able to still have my sound in the midst of whatever type of scenario i'm going into so i basically can i can basically almost i know certain things to do and not do depending on what i'm playing but i can almost it'll always like it'll always come from the same place. A lot of the melodies are universal to me, you Mm -hmm. know, the melodies and movements that I do there for me, they're universal across genre lines, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a great perspective to have. Like, cause Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a lot of times for most of us, we have to kind of like readjust our, our way of thinking in order to play a different type of music, either that, or some people will just be like, well, you know, I play yeah. gospel, so these moves gonna work in the other genres, and then we end up doing the passing <laughs> chords and stuff from from gospel, yeah. and it just don't work. So to be you able know, to do that is amazing. Yeah, I think it'd be. I really think it's a lot of it is really 
really really universal like most of western music has the same there's only 12 notes the, yeah, yeah there, literally there's yeah. only 12 notes the the things that make things different is the rhythm mm-hmm. that's it that's the only yeah. difference it's that's all true. it's the same 12 notes so approaching genres is about rhythmically how you're playing it like your touch your texture and rhythmically what's going on like to have those rhythms under your belt that's the difference between genres really not that much harmonically like there are a few you know differences but like i said it's 12 notes at the end of the day we don't get no more no less than 12 notes so yeah then the thing that must be making music different is the rhythm yeah, you know that's true so that's very true that's kind of how i've processed even looking you know at music i literally you know place it on a grid in my mind and just be like okay harmonically like figure out like you've practiced you know what to do just figure out what's going on rhythmically and you'll figure out you know what's going uh, on harmonically yeah that that really makes a lot of sense that, yeah. that definitely makes a lot of sense so we're, we're talking a lot from a piano and keys perspective, but you are also uh, an incredible bass player. Oh, and man. You play Thank guitar. You. I'm sure yeah. I, you play drums too, right? I know you do key drums, but you play actual drums too, right? I do. I haven't in a while, but I do. And, okay. and it's, it's still in me, yeah. but I just, you know. Right, right, uh, right. But I, I yeah. think you would probably say your, your second instrument is the uh, bass, right? Absolutely. So when, when did you get into bass, playing the bass? Ooh. Well, okay. The bass is not my second instrument. It's actually the second to last instrument I learned. It's oh, so okay, okay, okay. Bass is my third instrument. My second instrument is drums, but it's my it's the instrument that I am almost as comfortable as I am on the keyboard. Wow. That's so, saying a lot. That's really saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still some. And you know what's actually been happening during this quarantine? I've been getting some time, like, to, you know, pick up the bass a little more and kind of, uh-huh. like, do what I did with my keyboard playing, which is now I'm starting to be like, okay, I've been playing the bass all these years, but what's proper? How's my uh, position? Okay. How's my this? So now I'm working on that stuff, and it's actually been helping me a lot you know in my bass playing so yeah. i believe i believe in about another maybe about another year i'll be totally as comfortable as i am wow you know as as <laughs> i am with crazy. the keys but that's that's it's a process bro <laughs> it's a process but uh yeah. yeah that's my uh i started playing bass when i was like 10 10 11 around 11 i think i think i was 11. um yeah it was a hurricane it was hurricane wilma it happened uh, i happened in down here in south florida and we had no power for two weeks my dad's base was here and as a kid i was just like well i ain't got no power to do nothing right yeah yeah. picked up and just to kind of learn the base that way which is why now i'm like okay I, w- I really want to go back and get my technique together because mm-hmm. I just taught myself as a kid yeah, and did enough to play the bass, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Always oh, trying to go higher. That's incredible. So you, um, for those who don't know, uh, Vaughn is from South Florida, like around Miami, right? Absolutely. And we know South Florida had to have a particular sound that's like just, constant and consistent throughout the years like uh specifically like the uh it's called the upper room church right or it used to be called cooper cooper city or cooper, cooper temple. temple yeah cooper temple mm-hmm. you used to play there and mm-hmm. like before you were there they had a sound while you were there they had a sound they still have a sound talk about mm-hmm. like what that south florida sound is like um it's uh I would call it the power of the loop. That's oh, yeah. what it is. <laughs> that's that's what the the South Florida sound is. It's a uh, because 
like I said, there's so many different cultures here. So it's based off of it's based off of groove. It's based mm. off of an entire band vibe. It's not like most other uh a lot of other situations where it's just like, okay, there's somebody on main keys, they're they're probably gonna be letting loose the whole song you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. the bass player just kind of hold it down yeah then a drummer just kind of hold it down but the keys is just like leading everything they do whatever it's not that type of that type of gospel situation down here it's it's literally like what how are we going to make a song and how are we going to make a band play together that's the vibe of what it is uh the south florida sound you know just making everything have a part and everything have a purpose and it comes across clear, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That description really correlates with what I hear from South Florida. Like the way how you describe that really makes sense based on like how you guys sound. So um, from South Florida, I know you got uh, from everywhere else, but who are your main influences musically? Hmm. Just all of them? Yeah. All, well, since we were talking about South Florida, if you could start there and then just talk about everybody else. Uh, South Florida, Dwayne Bennett is my number one influence. That's the guy I grew up under. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays everything on a extremely high level. Okay. Like, that's where I had the zeal and passion to want to learn m- multiple instruments from. Okay. Uh, because... Uh, he played every single last one of them and is great on all of them right now to this very day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had to also say, I have to say Mark Cooper for sure on the okay. people on the people know him as a pastor, pastor but yeah. he can really, really play the organ. Oh, wow. He's, he's definitely like the godfather organist down here. You know, okay. one of them at least. Um, my boy Cor- Corey Irvin, mm-hmm. uh, from down here, he's a guy that can also cross genres. Um, very very polished, amazing player. Um, he's one of my influences from here. Um, there are a lot uh, from here. You know, there are so many I can't even think of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I know uh, Dar- people don't know that Dario Edgecombe oh, is man. from South Florida. I, I, was, I, I, I was waiting for you to mention his name. He, yeah. He, yeah. put me on to him. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's somebody that I kind of found out about, you know, later because okay. b- I was young when he had already moved. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, I didn't even know about him until like a little bit later on in life but by later on i mean like to like two years ago which is terrible oh like it's it's terrible i'm like yeah i was just like i why didn't i know this and he's from here you know what i'm saying you probably heard him play and didn't realize it was him yeah probably that too yeah yeah, i think there's that too Yeah, yeah there's a lot of that so but even just hearing him in in like when I first discovered who he was, I'm like, oh, he's speaking my language. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like this. He's for real. Um, let me see who else. Um, I'll go to uh, the jazz side of things because I have my jazz influences are really, really big. McCoy Tyner. Oh, man. Is yeah, my yeah. number one guy. Number one? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's. The best to ever do it you ever ask me oh yeah uh, i think i probably heard about him from one of your statuses or something I was yeah him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah crazy uh herbie hancock mm-hmm. is one of mine uh keith jarrett oh man one of my favorites yeah uh it's it's a lot kenny kirkland mm-hmm. um man uh Oscar Peterson for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, Roland Hanna, amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
Man, it's so much. <laughs> it's yeah. so, so much. Uh, I also listen to a lot of uh, a lot of horn players too. Uh, oh, okay. John Coltrane is yeah, 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 my favorite of all time. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I like uh, uh, Dexter Gordon. You know, people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Miles Davis. Yeah, I love Cannonball Adderley. Um, it's just there's a lot, bro. But mm-hmm. they all have like influence on me because when i was studying jazz in school i engulfed myself in the music so much because i was so foreign to it like oh right like yeah come from that background like yeah. you can't just come from church thinking you're just gonna go in and just play jazz like that right exactly. <laughs> no there's a exactly. it's just the same way that if somebody gets on a classical player gets on in a black church and they start playing you will know that they don't know anything about a black exactly. church is the yep. same way in jazz. You will know that somebody has no idea how to swing. Yeah. Like they think they learn gi- giant steps and then you're good. Yeah, you're no, good. no, 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 <laughs> no. It's a lot. It's a lot that goes it's into language. it. It's, it's you language, have to, sure. the same way that you have to learn church over the years and understand how to mm-hmm. move. It's the same thing in jazz. You got to learn how to move. The rhythms like how to feel the rhythms differently you know yeah yeah uh yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so in in 2016 this was my introduction to uh v keys so mm-hmm. you released the album i think it was around april or so uh clarity 2016. And yes that album was and is incredible to mm-hmm. this day i still listen to it and here's something that after all these times listening that I didn't even notice. I'm like, wait, wait, what? What was he thinking? And then the crazy thing about it is, okay, you wrote all the songs or yeah, you wrote yeah, all the songs, right? Yeah, wrote definitely all wrote all of them. Yeah, sang like crazy on all the songs, played on mm-hmm. all the songs, not just keys though, keys, bass, uh, key drums and guitar, Tar, everything yeah. since. And then yeah. on top of that, you also mixed and mastered it, which is so uh, crazy to me. So <laughs> yeah. talk about like how, like how long did it take to 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 put that body of work together? And like you know, I, I even heard you say that you haven't even listened to it in so long, which is oh man, I haven't listened to that album in such a long time. But it's it's funny that you should ask how long it took to put together because it was it was put together over like a long period of time like a lot of these songs are old and mm-hmm. it's funny just because it's it's new to it's new to people right but they were like really old songs from like 2012 2011 oh, yeah, yeah. yep some like someone like me is a song that i did actually in 2009 oh wow like when i was 16 yeah, and i just yeah. decided to redo it to fit this yeah. album but you know yeah. a lot of these That's songs were old so like come alive is old like uh yeah it's it's really old it's i think that one's like 2010 but i just decided to kind of re-sing it because my voice had changed (laughs) so so i was like yeah i can't the baby voice is not gonna work no more (laughs) so i had to re-sing it and stuff but yeah the it it happened over a period of time i wasn't i was just working on had different ideas that I was putting together, not necessarily working on an album. And then as it got closer, as I uh, started to get closer towards like finishing an album, then I started to like write some new songs. So like at the time, The Remedy was new. Okay. Uh, Oh Lord You Are is like really old, like 2010. Mm -hmm. Uh, Walk Up Right was new. Oh, I'm learning is actually pretty old too. Oh uh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My that's my wife's favorite. She loves that one. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you're naming these songs. I'm just thinking about how uniquely great every one of those songs is. And then if, oh, wow. if you never listened to it, please go buy the album Clarity 2016 by V Keys. But the thing about it is what 
what was what stood out to me at first and still is that they flowed directly to the next song like even if the songs didn't directly Mm. correlate you put a musical transition in there that opened up the next track and it's just like one story that you're engulfed in while you're listening to i was like this is genius work like wow it's so crazy (laughs) but thank you bro yeah absolutely bro but that that wasn't your first album though right had you didn't you already release something before that or okay <laughs> I'm, I'm just checking I, I can't see it now but i know i know at one point i saw it i know at one point i saw it. oh yeah that album's discontinued uh i had a when i was 16 no when i was 15 i actually finished this album when i was 15. oh wow um Oh Lord, you are like I said. It was on that album. Mm-hmm. Someone like me was also on that album. Um, I, I was in a space where I was experimenting for the first time, vocals like recording vocals, and I didn't have like I do everything here at my house. Like Clarity yeah. 2016, I did it in this chair that I'm sitting in right here. Yeah. Like I did everything right here. That's so, so yeah, like for me i didn't even have that yet when i worked on this other album i didn't have like a macbook pro and i wasn't Mm -hmm. using logic and stuff i was really young i was still in high school i wasn't really thinking you know about getting a mic and stuff and so i was just now starting to get into that stuff and i was recording at a studio but my time was very limited because i was a high school student right. you know what i'm saying so we had that same experience and i regret that album too but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i didn't have time to really do that album how i even really wanted to do it so after a while i just kind of like i just kind of left it like and i just was i reconcentrated on like playing but I've been V keys for like years before oh, everybody okay. knew like like okay. yeah my friend gave me that name in like 2006 mm. so like oh. yeah I've been like experimenting on and off like since I was a kid knowing that this is what I wanted to do and so but that album you can't find it anywhere I actually can't yeah. find it oh, I really? actually literally can't find it and I'm so happy about it Oh, like wow. yeah, I, I saw it at one point when I was looking for more music from you. I, I might have listened to some of it, and it was it was fine to me. It just it didn't sound like Clarity's 2016, but it, exactly. it was fine. But me knowing how that works, like I know people yeah. grow and mature and stuff. So exactly, I, I wasn't listening like oh like I was like oh this this dope. I know he did something else. Next, you know, I couldn't find it no more. So good, good. <laughs> I'm glad, bro. Yeah, I can't. I literally can't find it. No one can find it, and I'm keeping it that way. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah, but, but so, so more you, music you, coming soon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. So you release about three different singles from an album that's coming out. It's called Circa 2000. I mean, 2080. You talk yep. about that? Okay, so that record is uh definitely inspired by a lot of this record is inspired by uh what it is that i went through and my walk with god and how i see things now and um what it is uh sonically you can hear it it's definitely an 80s driven album i'm literally taking uh my sound that the Lord has given me and putting it with the 80s sonics, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's And it's so great. it's like, it's not Clarity 2016 V Keys. Yeah, no. It's a more mature V Keys, you know? Uh, and it's, uh, the these songs are more divinely inspired i could say like god has given me a gift and i thank him every day for it but a lot of things that i wrote back then i wrote because i knew how to write a lot of these songs i wrote when i didn't want to write like the lord i wrote on my hospital bed with tears in my eyes Mm. 
it was like that type of thing. Like God was like, I'm give your time to everyone else but me and what I got for you. Well, <laughs> and God literally took that time of sitting me down to uh, you know, come up with the concepts and and put them into, you know, just sit and work and ask him, asking the Lord to lead me. And so these songs, uh, they had just been, you know, coming out, coming out in me just because the Lord has just been giving them to me. And I, I'm ready to give that to people. You know, oh, yeah. I know that, that it's, it's beyond the music. It's, it's the anointing that I want somebody to feel. It's yokes being broken this time. And like, yeah, it's, it's good music there. I'm not saying it's not good music, but it's different. You know, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's more meaning and there's the difference between the clarity 2016 V keys and, and the circa 2080 V keys. It's very different. One had a relationship that he was kind of, you know, handed because I was a church baby and another one has a relationship that he seeks after, you know, there's a difference between those two V keys and uh, both of them love God, but one of them experienced God, you know? So this, this album is basically, and I still didn't tell you what the meaning of circa 2080 is, but this, this, this album is basically circa 2080 is, like I said, it's the the millennial sound mixed with the 80s sonics. And what it's a representation of is how great our God is. He's a God that exists outside of time. He created time, so he doesn't need time. And so this record is about the anointing penetrating time. Has nothing to do with when, but has everything to do with who and the who is christ and so that's what this that's what the the meaning behind the circa 2080 is is like this is happening in 2080 and you will hear where the 80s part is and where the 2000s part is you know (laughs) so yeah god god gave me god gave me that man that's god literally literally gave me that i'm i'm not really that create like I'm not really all that creative when it comes to like concepts and stuff like that. Uh-oh, I don't I feel like I, I, I don't feel say. like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I'm that creative. I really feel like that idea was like, that was God that inspired me. Yeah. Um, and he gave me the name and I really didn't know like what it meant. And it was like over time, like I remember asking my, telling my wife, like, this is what I want to name the album. Mm-hmm. She was like, I think you should. And I was like, okay, I'll go with that, <laughs> you know? And I was, I didn't know why she went with it. Cause I'm like, I don't really get it. I know why I'm, I just think it sounds cool because of what's the music that's going on. Yeah, yeah. But then I start to get, the more spiritual I get, the more I see God is the more I start to get a vision. Like it was like, that's not just a thought that just came into your head just because you thought of it. He's like, I put that thought in your head. That was my Holy spirit mm-hmm. setting you up to do something that you didn't even know you were about to do. So wow. yeah. this is the main reason I'm really excited to release this music. Cause it's just more about, it's more about God's presence being felt, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And for those of you watching, if you haven't already, you got to get the three sing- singles that have already come out. So we got Pressing, yes. we got Standing in You, and he yeah. just recently released Watch. And yes. every one of those are different with the same type of vibe in a way, the 80s vibe, like you said, uh, with the 2000s kind of feel, but they're absolutely incredible. And you have to, you have to go get them and just experience it for yourself. Cause all that he's saying about receiving the sound from God, like it's it's clear when you listen to the music. So that that I can't wait Thank to hear you, the full project, man. That's gonna Thank be Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. So, you know, taking it back a little bit, it later in 2016, you were a part of the Miami um Mass Choirs album. And you know, I think that was a slept on album as well. But 
my favorite song from the album is the song we lift you up one that you wrote <laughs> man that song i listen to that so much it's so dope and it's oh, like um no matter where you are like when you're producing like you have your own particular and unique sound and in a time and day and age when a lot of people unfortunately are sounding the same the world has gotten smaller because of social media. So it's not like a regional sound like it used to be. You can get a sound from the West Coast if you live over here where I live in Connecticut. Yeah. Just because of social media. How, describe what it's like to have your own sound and how do you like kind of get your own sound? What, what would be your advice to a young musician that would like to know that? Okay. Wow, that's a good, because you don't know how good of a question that is because a lot of people, don't really have conversations on sound for mm -hmm. real. Like, like your sound, what's your whole sound? And for me, I'll tell you what I did as far as I, well, when I was younger, I prayed to the Lord and I believe that God grants, like will grant you the desires of your hearts. I believe yeah. the word when it says that I literally prayed to God and said, Lord, no matter what I do, please, don't let me sound like anybody else. Uh -huh. Please let me have my own sound. Uh -huh. I literally prayed that as like a, a 10 year old boy, oh, you know, wow. Wow. and he gave it to me. <laughs> he connect the, connect the, the dots in my head. Um, what, what I would say to young musicians is, when when it comes to developing a sound, you got to spend time with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to spend time. You have to create your sound and spend time in practice, like, perfecting your sound, you know? I think people, a lot of people are, they want the microwave, like, show me this, show me that. Like, can you show me how to do this? No, work it out. Because that's how you build your sound when you work it out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, go to battle with your piano. Go to battle with your bass. Go mm -hmm. to battle with your instrument, whatever it may be. Like, get on the drums and play this one idea that you have in your head slow instead of looking up how to do somebody else's chop. You know, uh -huh. you take the same time to do that. But you have a cool chop idea in your head that wasn't influenced by nobody, but because you see somebody else got more views, you're going to go learn that chop. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Get off of social media. Don't post your practice. First off, a lot of people post in practice and it's not practice. They just yeah. playing, yeah, which yeah. is cool. Mm -hmm. But for me, practice is a whole serious thing. Like if if I'm practicing, like if matter of fact, if you don't see me on social media, I'm practicing. <laughs> like I'm practicing like I'm not on social media that's a big part of building your sound giving getting that that time alone away from people that's the only way you're going to build 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 your sound and I don't mean people in the sense of not being antisocial, but I mean musically like instead of feeding yourself with too much of what's popular feed yourself with your a bunch of your different influences that you like ingest yeah. them all and learn them all so that when you play they're all a part of you and they create your sound and there can they can only be your influences if you like them so whatever you like is going to help create your sound so listen to something that is what you want to be or what you think you are just on a better level than you yeah yeah whatever sound that you gravitate gravitate towards find the groups or the people or musicians you look up to that have that sound that you kind of already naturally have but they're doing it on a better level right. do that study them that helps to keep your sound within the confines of what it's supposed to be not confines but you start to develop the maturity of your sound because you're listening to somebody with something that you like and desire and is like something that you would do if you had the ability to do it at that time, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how also I like see sound building. That's what I did. Like I love 
McCoy Tyner, you know, like he is just so amazing. Like I wish I could do half of what he did, but I studied him enough to know, like kind of, I know how he moves enough, you know, yeah, uh, to where I, I can at least use it to benefit to create my own sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I, f- that's how I feel like, uh, you know, that's one of the beginning processes to, you know, uh, getting your own sound and, and yeah. keeping it and making it come across too, well, no mm-hmm. matter what situation you're in. That's another thing that's oh, hard yeah. to do being oh, musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's priceless advice right there. Like, cause uh, honestly, I, I feel like a lot of people young and old do struggle to find their own sound, especially when, you know, you're on social media all day and you hear all these different people that you look up to, you just try to kind of become a carbon copy, but it's always best to be able to, you know, find your own sound and take the time to develop it. So that, that's, that's really great advice. So sure. you've had, you've had some really big and great opportunities, uh, such as like that being on the Harry Connick show, and being able to tour and and, and play with a uh, snarky puppy and ghost now what were those experiences like for you man uh <laughs> it was a uh, it was definitely eye opening and it was in that that i gained some confidence when i realized that god had anointed my sound to literally cross genres in yeah. all subgenres like I still play the same way <laughs> in all of them and it was really kind of like amazing to be you know on stage with people that you look up to like and next thing you know you're considered you know like one of their peers <laughs> you know it's really it's really cool to you know be able to do that and i'm blessed and fortunate you know to have done those things uh even the harry connick jr show uh i knew that it was god's favor on me because i'm like i don't understand how that was my first gig as a solo artist like first gig ever started off with a is on (laughs) i'm like that's 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 a little crazy you know um that's definitely i'm like that's not really anything that i did um it's definitely god set me up to be in that position uh and it helped to open other doors you know and i'm i'm grateful for those doors that that he opened um and it really it really just makes me want to give glory back to god like he's allowing me you know to live my dream and experience you know different uh playing on different stages you know with with different people different calibers of musicians uh it's amazing it's amazing like it's really really a blessing to be able to to do to do this to play music doesn't matter what stage it's on really but i i count them all joy you know every time i get an opportunity to just play it's amazing so um those experiences were great you know absolutely and i you know i'm 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 extremely happy for you seeing you know god open these doors for you and you just gracefully walk through them and excel at everything that you know is in front of you and i appreciate the fact that you through it all you know from the time i met you uh have always remained humble always remain approachable even to people that you don't know like you have a conversation with them in the dm (laughs) absolutely and even 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 um you know one time i was stranded in miami uh needed a ride to the airport (laughs) and i i hit up v keys and with no question he was right there gave me a ride i always I always remember that because you know you can't, oh man some friends you can't call in a situation like that so yeah I, I, I forgot I, about that man that's crazy <laughs> yeah man yeah that's the type of guy wow. that, that he is man wow. i really appreciate that and like i said earlier i, I i'm really admiring and, and thankful to god for the space that you're in now because you he's giving you influence and you're using that influence and popularity to point people back to god especially in this season so in, in closing what would be your um 
advice to musicians, young and old, that you know are struggling in their relationship with God? Like how you talked about how many musicians grew up in church, but they never grew up in God. So, like, what what would be your uh, advice to helping musicians to truly tap into God and to get a real relationship with Him? Well, I would say that. that motivation behind a relationship with God, whether you're a musician or not, whoever you may be. Yeah, anybody. The motivation has to be love. Mm. You know, there has to be uh you have to choose what it is that you love more. Do you love the blessing more or do you love the blessor? Mm -hmm. Do you love the gift or do you love the gift giver? Because without the gift giver, there is no gift. Right. So you have to put God in his proper place and think, okay, well, I love music. I love this. I love that. But who made that? Who gave you the gift? Who gave you the ability to do what it is that you do? Who gave you the strength? Because I know what it's like to not have any strength mm -hmm. to play. When I was sick, I couldn't play anymore. You know, it wasn't just that. Yeah, it was terrible that I, I couldn't work. Like I couldn't get money, but I also couldn't play. I was literally out of strength. So who gives you the strength? Who keeps you in health? Who keeps you from getting in an accident that will require your limbs to no longer be active? Like who keeps us from that stuff? Think about that and think about how it compares to your gift. Because if you don't have the well-being to operate in your gift, from the one who gives the gift and the one who keeps, you know, keeps you well. This is for those who musicians who have grown up in the church and know better. This is what, this is for them. Like if you don't put God in your in his proper place, then you will. You will. Um, you will lose sight of what's most important. And there may come a time where you won't be able to function in in that gift and that's how you always have to think like think about who gave it to you right and how much he loved you and trusted you with a gift to give it to you and the fact that he could take it away yeah, <laughs> you know moment, and not yeah. take it away in the sense that you don't know how to play but take the ability to do it you know so we have to always be grateful and give if he's that great at giving us this gift then we owe him our time. Absolutely. We owe him. Think of the cross. You know, that's what I say to anybody who's struggling with their relationship in Christ. Like we all going to struggle, you know, it's not always going to be easy, but think of the cross and think about what really God did for us on the cross and how he saved us and how he literally not only saved us and took our place, uh, took our sins away, but, he also seated us in heavenly places. Think about how he made us joint heirs and heirs with Christ. Like he didn't just save us on the cross. He also lifted us up. You know, yeah. yeah. If we think about what God has done for us and how much he loves us. Uh, that love should drive the pursuit of a relationship with him. Yes. Um, yes. And if you really love God, you will run and cling to him. You know, oh, yeah. you will do it. I don't have to convince you. Nobody has to, because there's a personal thing, you know, but, um, you know, just, just think on his goodness and think of his mercies and read his word. And that will already get you right in the, the place that you need to be. Cause he'll see that you're willing. And he yep. says, if we draw nigh to him, then he'll draw nigh to us. Like God is not interested in wasting his time. He said, you draw not near to me. I know you for real drawing near to me. I got you. I'm gonna come close to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a sound word. I pray everyone watching this take like truly takes heed because the foundation does have to be love. And if you really love God, then you'll consider all that He did for you. And like Paul said, like giving your life back and making a, a sacrifice is just your reasonable service. Like mm -hmm. it's only reasonable to 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 worship God, to devote yourself to God. It's not asking too much. So, mm -hmm. and that's, this is for those who know better. <laughs> yep, it is, it is, it is. <laughs>
man, bro, I thank you so much for this interview. This blessed me, encouraged me. Uh, it gave me some new knowledge and everything like that. Like I said, you're younger than me, but I, I, I be, man, I be looking up to you, bro. So oh, that, brother, this, this is truly thank a blessing, you, man. So um, like I always say, um, only what you do for Christ will last. Take it one day at a time and keep it pushing. This has been another episode of The Interlude with Drew. I'll catch you on the next one. It's the interview with Drew.